0: Welcome to the Mead Musing's podcast. Here we open discussions on everyday hidden issues,
1: like living with disabilities and dealing with illnesses. We also cover issues around conditions such as stroke, diabetes, autism, cancer, leukemia, and also living in abusive relationships. This
0: podcast is available on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform. Please subscribe. Welcome to another episode of the Mead Musing's podcast. Today, my guest is James Kominski. James has gone through 12 months of fighting cancer. He has recovered been playing competitive football. So <laughs> the ball is in your court. James, introduce yourself and tell us more about you.
1: Firstly, thank you for having me on the podcast today. Um, my name is James Kominski, um, I'm 33-year-old from the UK. Um, first and foremost, I'm a family man. Secondly, I'm a, a multiple business owner and uh, a cancer survivor. But I think most important, I like to see myself as a, you know, a decent human being who's uh, trying to play his part in to uh, help, uh, help save our planet.
0: All right. How are you saving our planet?
1: So, you know, it all, it all just aligns with... With the goals uh, and the missions that we've set out as, a, as organizations, we work in the medical cannabis industry and in, um, and hemp's got a, a big part to play when it comes to, you know, uh, sa- saving our planet, helping our planet. And we'll go into that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, hemp is definitely a big, uh, big part of my passion.
0: Oh, great. So before your cancer diagnosis, what did you do?
1: Yeah, so I was, uh, you know, I wasn't unhealthy. I was in the gym on a regular basis, uh, playing football every Saturday. Yeah, I was putting a lot of time and effort into into my business. We did an event called the World CBD Awards over in, over in Spain, and I put a lot of time and effort into, you know, making that event happen and go forward. And I think that there neglected the fuel that I was putting inside my body. Now when I say the fuel that I put inside my body, I mean the food, because like the our food is our fuel. You know, it's like if you was gonna have a Ferrari which is the top of the range sports car, you would never go and put some chip pan oil in there. You would always put premium fuel in there to make it go at optimum speed. And exactly the same with the body, I neglected that. So um, you know, the old circumstances around before me getting ill I would never have known. Like I said, I, would, I thought it was healthy. I was just like anyone else. I was maybe neglecting my diet a little bit, you know, eating the wrong type of foods at the wrong time. But, you know, the thing is with, uh, with cancer or leukemia, you don't know what's triggered it. So you don't know what the, the activation point was for it. Was it stress? Was it a combination of something building up over a period of time? Or was it uh, was it something completely different? You know, was it genetics? Was it uh, you know something inside the body? You never really know that. So uh, myself personally, I think it was stress combination of things that uh, that triggered the cancer at that point. But as I said before, then family life, building businesses, in the gym, I was just going through the motions really. You know, on my on my journey, and then. December 4th of last year. I've been ill for around about three or four weeks and I just couldn't shake it. I had a lump under my right ear and my partner asked me to go up to the hospital just to check it out. And when I went up, they did a blood test and told me there and then that I was going to Blackpool Hospital that they suspected I had leukemia. So, you know, massive, massive shock to the system.
0: All right. So that must have been very traumatic for you. I mean, being diagnosed with leukemia?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it... wasn't To be honest, uh, people say must have been a terrible time at that moment, but I was numb. You know, I don't, when someone tells you that at that, that moment in time, that, that you can't express them emotions instantly. And I, I feel like that, if anything, the only thing it did, it just made me numb for that period of time. So for around about three weeks after diagnosis, I didn't really feel anything. You know, I didn't really kind of go into shedding loads of tears or letting loads of emotions out because I just felt numb. I suppose I was in a rollercoaster ride because, you know, I diagnosed on the 4th of December and then on the uh, 6th of December, I was having a jaw operation. Uh, wow, uh, t- that was two fast. T- no, two teeth out of my bottom jawline because they had to get it done before I had chemo. So my face was like I'd just been in a, a fight with Mike Tyson, all swelled up everywhere. And then the day after just been into this jaw operation, I had to start chemotherapy. So uh, within three days of diagnosis, I've had a jaw operation and uh, a line put in my chest and chemotherapy uh, uh, started. So because my jaw and my face was all swelled up for two weeks after my first chemotherapy, I could not eat. I It uh, really knocked me. My face started swelling. My eyes were swelling like I was having rashes all over my body. At that point there, if I'm honest, I didn't feel like I was going to make it past the month. Never mind you know, be sat here 12 months later. So it was a uh, very uncertain times. So, you know, that's why I was just numb. I wasn't, I didn't have no feelings at that time. I was, I think the amount of chemo and drugs that I had in my body at that point was, um, was enough not to make me fit to think about things.
0: Oh, wow. I'm actually feeling the shock of it for you right now because it seems you went through a lot. It was such a quick succession of processes so that's why you didn't actually have time to think.
1: Yeah, and you know what, like the the, the scary thing was, is obviously I had three children uh, at home as well, so, um, um, you know, that that was in my, you know, don't get me wrong, I was thinking about the children, and but I had to kind of put that to the as well, because I knew that there was a battle coming up on my hands, I knew that there was uh, going to be a long road if I was going to make it out of, this very, very deep hole that I was in without a ladder at that moment in time. If I was going to make it out of that hole, then I knew that I had to prepare myself to to climb, to to battle, to kind of fight back. So I knew that by thinking of the kids, it would only make me emotional. So I tried to block that out and basically put myself in a state of mind where the only focus was the day that I was currently going through. Because, you know, I suppose as cancer patients and all cancer patients will probably say the same is that... No one really understands unless you've been through the chemotherapy treatment or you've actually been through the treatments in general. They don't understand what it's like to be in there. So a day can seem like, uh, especially a day of treatments or a day of tests, you know, can seem like a a year. So just getting through a day at a time was, uh, was a huge, huge step for me. But you know what? After a three-week period, maybe when I thought that, that at that stage there I was showing motion, I didn't express it in the way that I did, that I, I thought I may have. What I actually did was it gave me strength. It gave me, it gave me a little bit more courage to then not only fight the the illness that was now inside of me, but to fight it with a of class, you know, I fight it with a, a bit of um, inspirational kind of efforts going in there to inspire others. It was always in my mind to make sure that what I was doing there, that I didn't want to take hope away from others. I know that cancer is a thing that's a regular thing, one in two people now, uh, you know, in the world um, over a lifetime. So I know there's so many people out there that look for hope when people cancer. They don't want to see that it's just a it's a death sentence. And I thought, and I'm going to be that person that goes through it, spreading positivity, helping others, um, but, you know, comes out of the other end and goes as a as a successful life. So then people can look at, at myself and people like myself you know, they've been luckily, lucky enough to get through it and obviously use that as inspiration for their own circumstances or their family circumstances when, when cancer um, unfortunately does arrive.
0: When you say you had this cancer, what specific strain of the cancer did you have?
1: Yeah, so I had something called uh, AML, which is uh, leukemia. It's uh, acute leukemia, so it's a uh, um, very aggressive uh, blood cancer. And basically with AML, the stats aren't great, if I'm honest, you know, a lot of the people or the majority of people that get it are the older generation, but we do see, you know, kids and and young adults uh, get it. And it's becoming more and more um, common, you know, that there is new developments coming out and treatments, CAR-T therapy, a few other uh, really cutting edge treatments that are out there on the market. Yeah, it's not I suppose no cancer is a nice one to have, but you know, blood cancers, a blood cancer is not a nice one to have either.
0: All right. So acute myeloid leukemia is what you were referring to, right? It was, yes. Yeah. And I know it's a situation where the bone marrow produces too much immature white blood cells. So they have to take some of that out of you.
1: Yeah, that's correct. So basically, I had a mutation on my chromosomes what, uh, two and five and basically what that is is basically as you say there that your bone marrow produces new cells on a uh a, you know continuous basis and halfway down should we say the tube that these cells come out was uh, something that was making it mutate and then obviously the cells wasn't progressing as they should have and then there was coming out abnormal cells and then for some reason that my immune system wasn't noticing them abnormal cells and normally where you know if you've got abnormal cells in your body your immune system will uh suppress will notice them. that yeah. notice that suppress them mm-hmm. uh you know keep it to a a safe standard throughout the body so the body can function. But at this moment in time it wasn't you know it didn't happen and when I went into hospital on the fourth of December I was a twenty percent blast so I was quite far gone in regards to the you know how far the cancer had been in my system.
0: Oh wow that is so shocking. Yeah, I know it's a life-threatening situation and it needs to be treated urgently. And that's why probably you were just rushed through the treatment. And What what other symptoms? Because I know there are so many symptoms that are associated, there's fever, bone pain, fatigue, and you're, I mean, constantly being tired and breathless.
1: Yeah, it is. And you know what, like the the symptoms before I got diagnosed was like, it was amazing that like a week before I got diagnosed and two weeks before I got diagnosed, I was playing football on the Saturday and I played the full 90 minutes. I came back and I jumped into the bath and I noticed there was a massive bruise on on, on the top of my leg. And I thought, oh, that's a, it's just like just bigger than normal. And I just like much bigger than normal. And I thought, oh, bloody hell, I've been caught there. I didn't feel being caught in the football match. And then the week after I went back um, and I went to play football and all of a sudden I started running, a little bit of a tackle and a big bump came upon my leg and another big bruise. I thought that was a bit strange. And then when I got diagnosed, the mentioned to myself that my platelets was, which is basically the, um, the cells inside your blood that uh, that clot your blood to stop it from, uh, you know, kind of coming out too thin. They was down at 17 when there was meant to be 150. If i got a cut at any point in that football match then... You could you know, have collapsed. Yeah, I could have, and maybe I wouldn't have stopped bleeding at that point. But, you know, symptoms was just tiredness, fatigue, you know, um, out of breath. One of the symptoms that um, was really common is that when your blood counts are down, that when you stand up, you get rush, like continuous rush every time that you kind of move somewhere at a bit of a fast pace. So, yeah, there was the symptoms. Uh, uh, it's like being uh, dizzy. Yeah, but yeah, that that was before diagnosis. You know, yes. uh, you know, in regards to the symptoms from the from the chemotherapy itself, I don't think there's words that can uh, describe uh, can, it. Can describe that. The only way you can describe it, it's like a very very slow car crash inside your body that obviously has its impact and ripples out because you know you don't really see much on the outside to start off with, but then slowly from the inside things start not working and and breaking and. I had a terrible first round of the chemo, but fortunately enough, the second round and and the third round and the fourth round was nowhere near as as bad as the first. So, um, But, you know, one of the key things I always looked at when you're taking chemotherapy is I looked across the room, I looked down the hallway, I looked at the next room next to me, and the majority of people in there was really elderly people, you know. So I thought that if there's an elderly, elderly lady going through the exact same thing that I'm going through now and she's doing it with a bit of class and she's doing it and she's not whinging and she's just getting on with it then I thought you know come, I kind of go show a bit of courage here um and and that's exactly what I did that's the the motto that I took it throughout the treatment I thought I said I seen people vulnerable at the side of me doing exactly the same and and they wasn't whinging they were just getting on with it some of them had no family you know so uh, for me that I just thought that you know I'm going to do this with with uh, you know a really, really brave face. And, and um, I'm gonna try and inspire as many other people as possible to do the same.
0: And that's so awesome and amazing of you. So thank you for doing that. But what was the effect of this chemotherapy and all your diagnosis? What effect did it have on your family?
1: see i you know I'm not too sure what what effect it might have had in that early stage, you know that because obviously I got diagnosed on the fourth and by the fifth, I was rushed into hospital and whisked away from everyone and um dogging around my family at the side of the bed back and forth, um always someone there, which you know to an absolutely amazing support network that I had there throughout my treatment, not just my family but my friends and and people around me. um but you know, I suppose I'll never know the real impact to the family. My kids was young enough where. You know, they didn't really know anything about it. They just knew that Daddy was uh, poorly, he was in hospital. My partner was an absolute trooper. You know, was by my side throughout, and um, you know, really kind of put on a brave face, a face, and very rarely showed emotion. Don't get me wrong, there have been emotion there, but she controlled it at the right time. You know, because one thing that they thought, and they knew that as well, that because I, I was trying to stay so positive and so focused and so strong, that they knew that. If they came in and started crying and put emotions into my thought process, then then I'm going to then get emotional, end up a a bit of a a spiral effect on my mental health while I'm in there. Because obviously it's really really important to have the right thought process while you're going through this treatment. Because if you get into that spiral effect of thinking that it's the it's the end of the road and a death sentence, then all them bricks come on top of you really, really heavy and it's hard to kind of push any of them off, never mind all of them off. So, yeah, it's a, it's a lonely place when you're in there, but um, with the right support and the right mindset, then it's definitely beatable.
0: Um, thank you for that. You've gone through and everything is OK now. Is that right? Yeah,
1: yeah. so basically after round two of chemotherapy, the plan was that they wanted to send me off for um, a stem cell transplant um, down in Manchester Hospital. And to be honest, and then without a pandemic, would I have gone forward from it? Probably not, but the pandemic was definitely a big influencer in the reason why I didn't take the stem cell transplant. But when they told me that I was having a stem cell transplant in the first initial stage while I was going through chemo, I said, yeah, that's fine. If that's what I'm doing, that's the treatment plan. That's what I'm going for. Just like any normal patient would do, nodding my head, let's go for it. You know, we're going to go forward. Uh, Did my two rounds of chemo. Went down to Manchester and started speaking to the stem cell doctor about the complications that come with having a stem cell transplant. Now, the complications list is absolutely endless like you know in regards to the risk factor of having a stem cell transplant to start off with uh, the factor that you you know there's quite a big percentage that you could not make it through the treatment itself and then there's a big percentage that you know uh, a secondary cancer would then kick in because you're going through a very high another high intense dosage of, of chemo that's stronger than anything that would have had before and also there's loads of uh, skin versus host risks and uh, other illnesses that come off it and you know at that point there i looked at it and i thought this is not the right route for me you know that i need to i need to be brave here and make a decision and there was probably four factors of why the reason why i didn't take a stem cell transplant and what, one, were those, pa-
0: what were those factors that influenced that decision not to take stem cell transplant
1: yeah so the number one was the system you know i don't didn't believe and trust the um the health system that we've in place when it comes down to uh, cancer patients. One thing that I'm not small minded enough to think is that that cancer is, is an honest business. It's not an honest business. It's a, it's, a, it's a business and it's dictated by people who own that as a business, you know. And, and, the and-
0: manufacturers, the drug manufacturers, so to say.
1: Yeah, so without going into too many conspiracy theories or companies, but the World Health Organization itself put out the protocols um, for um, who should go and have a stem cell transplant and who shouldn't have a stem cell transplant. Now, my chromosome changes two and five was one of the last on the list to be added to the stem cell uh, list. I didn't trust that the, the, the uh, World Health Organization had that information enough and then so what i did there is i went and i went and got advice from different countries different doctors and different types of uh, medical professions so i spoke to one of the leading doctors out in america who for, uh, her first words was 100 percent, do not get a stem cell transplant you're too young you're too healthy do not give up on your body right now that they're planted a seed in me instantly i spoke to a, a doctor a professor actually down in birmingham And he said exactly the same. I told him my plan not to have a stem cell transplant. I told him that I wanted to go down another further two consolidation routes of chemo and carry on with my CBD and THC oil. And he said that I wasn't crazy for doing so. He thought that that was quite a wise move. So the main thing that I didn't go for the stem cell transplant for was the system. The second thing that I didn't go for the stem cell transplant for was the mixed advice that, and the messages that I was getting globally around the world. And, and no one was telling me I was crazy for not for going for one. And the third thing was was the pandemic. You know, I was in the middle of the peak time of coronavirus when I was meant to be. Yeah. I think it was in the end of March, uh, beginning of May, when I was meant to be having a stem cell transplant. And I thought, there's not a chance in in this world that I'm going in there for something to happen and something to go wrong and I'll just end up to be a stat on a list. I'll end up being a, just another one of them people that got ticked off with coronavirus or whatever it might have been. And I thought that's not for me. Um so you know when them three factors came into place, I sat down and I did some meditation, did some yoga, um and I listened to my body, you know, I, I spoke to my body and and you know I thought at that point there I've got to have faith. I'm not going to give up on my immune system and my body at this moment in time. So I went back to my doctor in Blackpool. I sat down and had that crunch conversation. And I told him that um, I wasn't going to go for the stem cell transplant. And his words was, he's not there to convince me to or not to go for the stem cell transplant. He's just got to tell me the difference in the, odds, the risk
0: factors the and the risk factors yeah pros
1: and cons and you know what the risk factor was that if i went for a stem cell transplant there was around about a 15 percent chance of it coming back in the future but there was around about a 20 percent chance of secondary chan- uh, cancers or me something happened on the table of the uh, of the treatment so there was loads and loads of risk in that but with the route that i went down A 15% chance of it came back was to 30% chance of it coming. But I was more than happy to take that. The odds was in my favor and I was still in a good health. So yeah, I had that crunch talk there and we decided that we was going to go down the the route of having two more rounds of chemotherapy um, and I was going to stick to my supplements, my THC oil and my CBD oil because you know what my thought process was at this point is like the normal person might be 70% chance now of staying in remission and 30% chance of it coming back am I bank am I backing myself to be better than average am I backing myself to do more than an average person am I backing myself to to be in that 70 rather than the 30 and one the answer is yes to all of them you know I like the normal person and and, you know i'm not kind of grizing the normal person but the normal person probably wouldn't be taking thc or cbd or a full spectrum cannabis oil with uh uh, all the way through their chemo after their chemo is uh, forever for the rest of their life so i thought that's going to bring my odds uh, a little bit more down in my favor the normal person maybe hasn't changed the diet completely and cut sugar out of the diet so Number one thing that we see in all studies is that cancer uh, thrives on sugar. It yes. helps it multi- helps it multiply, um, and the cells multiply. So, cut completely sugar completely out of my diet completely. So. I'm not saying that my body's alkaline but... Did
0: you, you know, did you cut out the sugar after or before?
1: Yeah, I cut out the sugar after treatment because okay. uh, it was really important when I went through the treatment to make sure that I was keeping weight on my body and I just couldn't keep the... I couldn't keep the uh, the weight on my body to keep it a fighting weight where it had energy. Um, if I didn't have... The carbs and the sugar and and you know and other little elements of things. So don't get me wrong, I wasn't eating chocolate bars or sweets, but you know within my yeah within the food intake there was sugar in there. So you know the points that I was making there is that they give me a seventy percent chance of uh, of staying in remission. Um, But what I was trying to say is with my cannabis or with my food intake with my determination and my own mental well-being, that I thought that I could increase their odds there to 80, 90% a chance of me staying in remission. So, you know, that was the fundamental reasons why I just didn't take a stem cell transplant and I went down the route of having uh, two further rounds of ke- uh, chemo and also continuing with my supplements and my um, full-spectrum cannabis oil.
0: So you have various types of treatments that you were going through at the same time. You had your supplements, you had the, you removed the sugar from your diet and then yes. your mental health was okay. You had support around you physically and mentally, your family were there to support you. And also you knew about this CBD oil treatment. Did you know about the CBD treatment or did you use the CBD oil before your treatment?
1: You know what? The, it's... I already worked in the CBD industry. I own a company called com, which is the world's largest uh, online CBD oh, platform.
0: So that put I, you at a very good position. So you already knew you were aware of the health benefits of CBD.
1: I was, yes. And you know what, like, and I'll come in and explain a little bit about the platform a little bit later, but it wasn't, it wasn't CBD as a, as a individual compound that, that helped me, you know, cancer you need a full spectrum oil you need a high thc count because cbd is great for the to activate the endocannabinoid system and the cb1 receptors which are and position throughout the immune system, but you need a THC to activate the CB2 receptors, and uh, THC is what's locks onto the cancer cells, and then separates the cancer cells rather than multiplying them. It divides them into smaller cells, and then divides them again into smaller cells until it's at a point where it can just absorb them, and the cancer cell disappears through uh, the consumption of THC. So, you know, found that because I had a good knowledge on this already, if that this was any other cancer, um, as in a different type of cancer, then I would have gone down the route of just having uh, high strength uh, um, full spectrum cannabis oil um, on a daily basis in high high quantities to get rid of the cancer because I believe that would have worked but unfortunately, with leukemia um, there's been very little cases that have shown that that it's worked just on its own so you need to have chemo uh, to assist with that um, in, in in the case of leukemia, but most other cancers, you've seen tumors shrink from 12 inch to, uh, to, you know, one inch uh, with, with cannabis oil and people that had a terminal diagnosis gone from terminal to um, still be uh, 10 years later. So yeah, um, with, uh, uh, with the industry, I already knew what the, what the cannabis oil was and there was a, it was an easy choice for me just to just to add that into my daily diet.
0: So that's so nice to know, you know, because you know, I I'm talking from experience here. My father died of cancer just 2 years ago, and at that time CBD or, or wasn't allowed actually, it was illegal. Yeah. So we were looking for it everywhere and we were like, okay, we wanted the doctors to actually prescribe something like that for him. And we couldn't find it anywhere. For help and support on dealing with cancer issues in the UK, you can contact Macmillan Cancer Research Organization. They are available on 0808 808 0000 or 0808 239 2000. Or you can chat to a specialist on their website Which is www. and for myeloma cancer, you have the Myeloma Foundation which is available on 0800-980-3332 and In the US you have the American Institute for Cancer Research. They are available on zero zero eight
1: four three eight one one four. Yeah well so, you know what that THC oil now like that you know I've had to be you know it's bad that we have to do this but you know all the way through my treatment I've had to buy illegal THC oil because
0: <laughs> See, this know, is what I mean. I mean you know, for illegal supply Do you think these things should be legalized now? It's
1: it's got to be legalized. You know, I've seen so many, so many patients, cancer patients that I've gone through chemo with myself that have had uh, a full-spectrum uh, TH, uh, full-spectrum oil. And, you know, the difference between where they was at before they had the oil to then just days later, they start eating, their face fillers out, they get colour in their face, they're sleeping better at night. Because they're sleeping better at night, their energy levels are better, they're walking. Um, you know, the, it's a combination of things that really work. And, you know, it's, it's so vital that we have to, as, as a population, as a humanity, that we start to learn about the endocrine Endocannabinoid system because this is a system that's just important as your immune system. Now, if we just neglected our immune system, well, guess what would happen? We would get loads and loads of different illnesses, and we're neglecting our endocannabinoid system, which is also making us, get, uh, you know, not fight the illnesses and 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 attract different illnesses as well. So, it's really really important that you know we learn about the the, the plant that's been used for hundreds of years that's spoke about in the in the Bible as the sacred oil. And also we learn how the body works, you know, in in conjunction with that, because, you know, there's so much, so much that can be done out there and we're limiting it to, you know, the real drugs. Yeah. You know, the real reason is, and you know, what I don't even like putting the word drug at the side of a a plant because it's a plant that grows from from the ground. But what they've done is they put a stigma around it for financial reasons. And that's the, you know, and cancer is a business as I come back to, you know, it's a business that people profit off right at the top. And they make billions and billions of pounds. Now, if there's an oil out there that can put a, uh, a bit of a dint on their billions and billions of pounds yearly industry, then they're not going to like that oil. And that's, that's the, short, the, you know, a big picture and a short story. That's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah, that's true. So definitely we know that CBD oil and this full spectrum oil does work for cancer. And yeah. You work in the industry How do you source your, the ingredients that are actually used in your products, are they sourced organically or locally?
1: Yeah. So in regards to the CBD market, you know, we we work on the CBD market as a business, uh, which is completely legal here in the UK and all our suppliers correctly certified and all vetted to make sure they take all the the right uh, criteria for us to use them as our selective partners. And the majority of our products that we source are organically sourced and every material that we try and source, we try and make it, you know, local supply and self-sustainable and biodegradable, hopefully, you know. So, yeah, in in regards to the CBD products on the Compare CBD website, there's over 1,500 products on the uh, website and over around about… 350 articles uh, that are based around CBD, the laws, uh, you know, different types of illnesses, how it can help. Very interesting articles on the endocannabinoid system, as I spoke about earlier. And the website uh, URL for that is comparecbd.com. There's big, big social community on Facebook, Instagram. What's
0: um, your Facebook page and Instagram handle?
1: Yeah, so it's compare CBD is the group on Facebook. It's got 16,000 members in there.
0: Oh,
1: compare, right. CBD, compare CBD online is the page on Facebook, and compare CBD on Instagram. So uh, you know, make sure that you uh, uh, check them out, guys. If you if you are listening in, we have our own brand actually. We just launched, and shame we're not on uh, camera today because I'm wearing one of our new hats. But uh, it's a oh, brand yeah. called uh, a brand called Players Fuel, which is a niche brand that's uh, focused towards the golf industry.
0: That's interesting. So that's for golfers, and so many people are into golf these days. So that's yeah how does it work
1: okay so it's a it's a really really cool brand uh the clothing range that we've got there is is uh in my opinion one of the coolest in the golf market um and basically we have free cbd products there that we've solely uh, created and focused towards the golf industry so our signature product is cbd uh, pro oil uh, which is a formulation of cbd herbal extract and terpenes And it's made for focus and calmness for a golfer. So when he's going out there to do an 18 to 18 holes, he would take it before his rounds. And what that would do is that would give him body relaxation and that calmness. And it's already a proven fact that when you swing the, the golf club, the calmer and the more... Relax the body is the the more uh, sweeter you'll hit the ball, which will make your accuracy better, which will make you hit it uh, straighter. And then, obviously, the sweeter you hit it and um, the more power you've got, so uh, it'll go longer as well. So, um, yeah, we've got three signature products one of them's a CBD oil, one of them's a recovery balm, and one of them's a focus uh, gum, a chewing gum.
0: Oh, great. I mean, you've got them (laughs) with chewables as well. So, I mean, that's something that anybody can have, really. Or is that only for golfers?
1: no 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 it's a it's focused towards the golf industry so it's a niche brand that's a a, that's a target audience uh, would be golfers in general because that's what the product's been made for but it's got cbd in there high quality cbd at that so anyone that's got aches pains or different types of problems that cbd may be able to help with then uh, the website is playersfuel.com and you can just jump on there clothing range and and the other products on there and uh, as all of our websites, there's loads of educational information about the science behind golf and CBD and uh, how that works. All
0: right. And also your products, are they available in wholesale or just in small quantities?
1: Yeah, so through Compare CBD, if anyone's looking for a wholesale CBD from a small shop to a, a huge retailer, then you know go on to comparecbd.com. There is a wholesale page on there. You can fill out an application form. And one of our team will get in contact with UASAP. We have um, global suppliers around the world that I've mentioned that are vetted and uh, have all the correct certification. So, yeah, we can literally deliver any type of CBD product. Um, we have three different catalogs, white label, finished product, and raw materials. So uh, we cover the full industry. Do
0: you also deliver internationally?
1: We do, yes. We work globally around the world, so there's not many countries that we can't service.
0: Oh, that's
1: brilliant then. Yes, uh, they can, it'll be delivered straight to your doorstep. As long as it's legal in your country to be able to have CBD, then we can send it directly to your doorstep. First uh, first class uh, recorded delivery to make sure that you've got your product. So yeah, anyone that's listening that would just want some CBD, jump on to playersfuel.com and you can order your uh, CBD off there. Yeah, and or otherwise we have comparecbd.com, which has got thousands of different products on that you can uh, that you can scroll and browse through.
0: Can you just go through some of the forms that you have these CBD products in?
1: Yes, most definitely. We uh, so CBD products now coming in a wide range of forms. So we have uh, CBD oils, we have CBD creams, CBD vapes, we have CBD edibles. So when we say edibles, in uh, all different types of sweets gummies you know cakes different types of edibles um and then we go to stuff like we have water-soluble cbd that you can put into a drink and basically just uh, put it into your water uh, and you drink that and it goes straight into the system to be honest there's CBD for everything nowadays, the CBD uh, (laughs) hair wash, CBD bath bombs, CBD uh, toothpaste, you know, anything that you can think of that's something that applies to the body or that gets consumed by the body, that nine times out of ten, there's CBD in it, you know. And CBD's got so many, so many wonderful properties, uh, uh, healing properties in there. um, And it does so many different things for the body. So um, it's really, really key that we have our daily cbd intake to activate our endocannabinoid system
0: and also one last bit about the cbd do you have them for pets
1: yes we do yes oh
0: that's amazing
1: Uh, it's not just the humans that have an endocannabinoid system all mammals have an endocannabinoid system also so uh just like us we get a huge huge benefit when we start taking cbd because our endocannabinoid system activates we feel more energized. We see we see aches and pains starting to disappear, and that's the same with a dog, a dog, a cat, different type of animal that you would see. A horse, um, you give it CBD, it activates its endocannabinoid system. You're going to see that dog more happier, performance, and uh, and more healthier um, ongoing. Oh,
0: that's great. And part of your business is that part of the compare CBD global company, or is it just a separate organization on its own?
1: You know, that did mention this earlier on, but one big passion in my life is is doing my small part to um, help save our planet. Um, and I think hemp's got a huge, huge part to play for that. It's got 50,000 different uses, uses uh, as a plant from uh, hemp fiber to clothing to biofuels to building materials. And, you know, we can really stop cutting down our rainforest and start growing hemp, which is massively going to help our planet. So, you know, the the real passion of mine and the team that we've got behind us is to help put in a model that helps countries, that helps uh, individual organizations change the current materials that they're using on a daily basis. The plastics, the waste that's going in our ocean, the bags, the, the straws, all the paper, the wood, change that to something that's more bio bio-friendly, biodegradable, I should say eco-friendly, you know. So um, anyone that's out there that's got a passion about, you know, changing their current business to a hemp business as in regards to the products and the materials that you use, anyone that's out there that's working on a government level that wants to start implementing eco-friendly systems and processes using proper materials that are going to help our planet, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Um, My email address is james comparecbd.com. And anyone that's got any questions about any of my topics today on today's podcast, you know, feel free to reach out to me. And we're always looking for talented individuals around the world that want to join our team. So uh, if there's any of you out there that are listening, you know, definitely get in touch. Everything falls under the Compare CBD umbrella. We have an organization called Global Hemp Warehouse now global hemp warehouse has got a new platform that's being built we have a huge following on social media with twenty thousand followers across social media uh, on facebook alone and yeah you know that there is um is our platform that's going to help as i said countries and organizations um put a green print on the planet which uh you know if we all do a small bit you know that becomes a bigger bit and um you know, the planet needs people to start taking uh, these baby steps. And I always think to myself, if not me, then who? So um, exactly. I've, got to go, I've got to go out there and uh, and do my part and look myself in the mirror at night time and go, OK, doing my uh, bit on a daily basis. And I'm going to try and inspire others to do their bit as well at the same time.
0: Thank you. That's amazing. I'm so impressed and really intrigued by everything you're doing and it's you're so passionate about what what you do you're full of energy so maybe is the cbd working
1: eh? the cbd works wonders you know i've uh, <laughs> i th- I've been up early this morning. I've had my double dose of CBD, ready for your podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm ready. ready for the gym afterwards to go and burn some of that energy off. You know what? Um, like I always, I always love a podcast that uh, that helps me smile, that puts a bit of positivity in my uh, in my life. And yeah. uh, you've done a zack of that today as well. So oh, uh, well, I, I, thank I thank you for your for your hosting.
0: Oh, thank you so much.
1: You too. Um, God bless to yourself and God bless to the uh, to the people that are listening as well. And I'll, forward to catching up with yourself soon yeah. yeah i'd love to just kind of give a bit of a shout out to um to all them people out there in the world that are feeling a little bit vulnerable that are alone um i just want to kind of say to all of you that you know no matter what the circumstances are in life no matter how uh, hard life is treating you right this second just know that within 12 months that you can change everything within the blink of an eye and you can get back to a happy place and completely feel like them 12 months was a million years ago so um You know, to all you people out there that are struggling, be strong, kings and queens. And and hopefully you'll see that light at the end of the tunnel very soon.
0: Oh, you stay strong, stay positive and just keep going. Thank you again.
1: Thank you very much. God bless you all. Keep listening, keep sharing, keep downloading and keep liking. Thank you again.